you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. We made it to the last episode of season two, but don't worry and don't be sad because I will be back for season three, but more on that later. So in my previous episode, we talked about time and how time exists in cycles and in patterns such as the ocean tides and the sun rising and setting each day, and how measuring those cycles against a constant is how we humans construct and define as time. And so being in that headspace of cycles and patterns and having that imagery of nature, more specifically of the ocean tides and ocean waves, it got me thinking of the Fibonacci sequence and the golden ratio, and how this sequence of numbers connects us to everything in the universe. Once again, we see that second hermetic principle, the law of correspondence, as above, so below. The macrocosm macro for large, so our celestial bodies, all the planets, our solar system, etc., the universe, and the microcosm, micro for small. So us, our cells, our atoms, our protons, neutrons, and electrons, etc., is all being mirrored, simultaneously proving that we are all connected because we are all one. Alright, so what is the Fibonacci sequence? Well, it's a sequence of numbers that create sacred geometry. And if you were like me once, you're probably thinking, math? Ugh, how boring and dull. Really? We're going to talk about math? What does math have to do with spirituality and magic? Well, it has everything to do with it because it's all around us, all the time. It's in art, such as paintings, it's in our music, it's in the construction of our buildings, it's in nature, and it's within us. You can't escape it. And look, growing up, when I was in high school, I used to detest math with a passion. For a really long, long time, Whenever someone would bring up math, I would tell them I would rather write a 10-page essay than to solve you one math problem. It was my least favorite subject, and I'll be honest with you, the most challenging subject for me was geometry. But if I would have had a teacher who explained it to me this way, then I may have been more inclined to put more of an effort in class. But it is what it is. 
and we're here now. All right, so what are the sequence numbers? They are 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, and so on. How do you come up with these numbers? Well, each number in the sequence is the sum of the two numbers that precede it. Okay, so you'll start out with 0 plus 1 equals 1. I'm a visual person, so if you want to go ahead and write it out, I find that that helps me out a lot more. So 0 plus 1 equals 1. And between the 0 and 1, you're going to take that 1 out and add it to the sum, which was also 1. And when you add 1 plus 1, the sum now will be 2. So then you'll take that 1 from the equation and add it to the sum, which was 2. And now that'll give you another sum equaling to 3. Now take that 2 from the equation, add it to the sum, which was 3, and you get 5. Take that 3 from the previous equation, add it to the sum, which was 5, and it'll give you a new sum, totaling to 8. Are you starting to see the pattern? And you can continue this pattern infinitely. So it is said that during the Middle Ages, the Europeans were still using Roman numerals, while the Hindu and Arab mathematicians were using the numerical system. And Leonardo Pisano, a well-known mathematician, also known as Leonardo of Pisa, because he was from the Republic of Pisa, and later known as Fibonacci, became fascinated by this. He realized that conducting math operations in this manner was much more effective than using Roman numerals. And he brought it back to his side of the world, where he wrote books on it, and where it became increasingly popular. And so the numbers 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, 34, and so on, are all known as the Fibonacci sequence. And one of the very first places where you can find this is on you. You've got one head, you've got two arms, two legs, two eyes, two ears. On the front side of your face, you've got two eyes, one nose, one mouth. That totals to three, which is a Fibonacci number. The human construct is composed of two arms, two legs, that's four, plus your head, that's five. Another Fibonacci number that are considered major protruding points from the body. And the next time that you go out into nature and you examine a flower, you'll notice that they either have three, five, eight, and or 13 petals that help form that spiral. And speaking of spirals, the golden ratio is what helps us understand how all those beautiful sacred spirals that we see everywhere in the world and in the universe 
are formed. The golden ratio, also known as phi, and or if you want to get technical about it, phi, the correct way to pronounce it because it comes from the Greek, is said to be a ratio of 1 to 1.6. Because when you do the math, when you divide 5 by 3, both which are Fibonacci numbers, you get 1.6. And if you go down the sequence line, if you divide 8 by 5, you get 1.6. If you divide 13 by 8, you also get 1.6. You see, in geometry, when the golden ratio is applied as a growth factor, you get a golden spiral because it gets wider and wider by a factor of five for every quarter turn it makes. And using the dimensions of 1 to 1.6, you can get what is known as the golden rectangle. For height, you'll do 1, and for length, you'll do 1.6. And using these dimensions, you can get the perfect rectangle and or shapes that are more aesthetically pleasing, that we're naturally just more drawn to. Well-known painters such as Leonardo da Vinci and Salvador Dali use these ratios. If you look up Dali's painting of the Sacrament of the Last Supper, you'll find the golden ratio there. It's used in the dimensions of the canvas, and it's even used in the main focal points of the paintings. So instead of it always being centered, you'll find that some artists place their main focal point a little bit more to the right and or a little bit more to the left. It's in our architecture, and some of the most famous structures are the Parthenon, Notre Dame, and the Taj Mahal. You will find the golden ratio being used there. It's in our music. Alright, so in a bar, there are four beats. How many combinations can you make? Five. Five is a Fibonacci number. So if there are four beats to a bar, that means you can do two long beats, or you can do four short beats, or you can do one long beat, two short beats, and or you can do short, long, short, and lastly, you can do short, short, long. So it's in paintings, it's in music, it's in our buildings, and it's in nature. It's in flowers, in pine cones, it's in our fruit, right, such as pineapples, it's in the seashells, it's in spider webs, it's in our ocean waves, it's in hurricanes, it's in the alignment of the planets, it's in the spiral of the Milky Way, it's in the construct of our ears. Oh, but I'm not done. You see, what really blew my mind was seeing the ratio in our own bodies. Allow me to show you. So if you can, look at your fingertips. The distance from your fingertips to your wrist is 1. And from your wrist to your elbow is 1.6. The distance from your head to your belly button is 1. And from your belly button to your feet 
is 1.6. From your toes to your knee, that's one. From your knees to your hips, that's 1.6. This ratio of one to 1.6 can also be found in the helix of our own DNA. From the spirals of the Milky Way to our own helix DNA. How's that for the law of correspondence? You see, the universe doesn't use language to communicate. It uses symbols and patterns and cycles. And that's why it's so sacred. We just have to become a little bit more aware and learn to pay attention. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed doing all the research for this and presenting it to you guys. And as I said earlier, this is the last episode of season two. The ending of one cycle, but the beginning of a new one. I will be back for season three in January, but I'm just going to take a little break to spend it with my family. I haven't seen them in a while, so I look forward to spending some time with them and most likely annoy them with my beliefs and my perspectives in the world. <laughs> you know, just giving them random pieces of unsolicited information. Whether I terrify them with information regarding demons or make them feel all warm and fuzzy with lighter topics such as this, we have yet to see. <laughs> Either way, I hope that you guys have a very safe and happy holidays. I'll still be available for you guys though, so if you have any questions or if there's any feedback or if there's simply anything that you just feel like sharing with me, please go ahead and reach me at my email, lauralavender.mb at gmail.com and or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb and or you can also friend me on TikTok. I do hang out there sometimes. Same handle, lauralavender.mb. Lastly, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. If you scroll down all the way to the bottom, you'll see SpeakPipe. It's an orange button. You can't miss it. So feel free to record your thoughts about the show and I will upload them on a future episode for all of us to hear. And thank you guys so much to all of you for supporting the show simply by listening and by messaging me. The positive feedback that I have gotten from you guys really inspires me and motivates me to keep it going. And so I just wanted to briefly express to you guys that I truly do appreciate every single one of you. So thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I will see you guys next episode.